1: Well, it has been a great joy and a privilege for me to be here, especially here at Byron Center in Michigan, to have all these teens come from various churches from this part of Michigan. It was exciting because of the teens and how tremendous they are really growing in the Lord. I speak really across the world. I'll be in uh, Mongolia next month. And God has really opened up opportunities to speak in various places. But I have to tell you, it is a rare place that I attend that I see teenagers as quality as your teenagers. For example, all these kids were willing to chip in and serve when they needed to serve. They're very kind to one another. They're respectful to this old man up here. They had tremendous talent, whether they were singing or leading or whether they were working in their preaching in every area. And as I look at that, these kids didn't become that just by themselves. Yes, they made the right choices to do all of that. But on the other hand, they had to have influencers in their life. And those influences in their life were their parents, their youth leaders, you all as a church, and to see how that you've gathered around them to allow them to be who they really are in Christ, but yet at the same time to guide them by modeling and mentoring them. And I really believe that these young people are going to be the best and the brightest, and God is going to use them in a mighty way. We shared yesterday that it's also those of the very teenagers that Satan has his eyes on to try to either shut their mouths, muddy their message, or wreck their lives in some measure. And we certainly didn't want that to happen. The theme of the camp was from the inside out. We really believe that we serve the Lord from the inside out. A wonderful phrase for us to remember that really guides us is that our intimacy with the Lord fuels our outreach for the Lord. But I wanted to be more than just inside out. I wanted them to have a little substance with that. So I added the phrase leading from the inside out. This way, the young people would have a reason to have the inside come out and to do something for others, obviously to love the Lord and to love others. And yet at the same time, teens, when they hear the word leading, uh, some of them are shy. I know I was when I was a teenager. I didn't come to know Christ as my Savior until I was 16. And so for me to know anything about leading, that was far away from me. So we began to teach them a little bit about what leading is all about, and I think it'll impact all of us here as well. Let me maybe use an illustration for you. How many of you have heard of, and I'm sure you have, Mother Teresa? Would you raise your hand? All right. How many of you heard of... uh, Johnny Menzel, would you raise your hand? Do we have anybody remember him? All right. Well, I'm not here to denigrate anybody's testimony, but I'd like to ask you a question. What do those two people have in common, whether they're uh, Johnny or whether it's Mother Teresa? It's hard to really know. What do they have in common? One is an American. The other one is an Albanian. Uh, One is a guy. One is a gal. One is frail. One is strong and strapping. We know one is tall and one is short. You know, you look at them. What makes the difference between them? And we see a lot of differences, but they all had something in common. You know what that is? It's called influence. Each one of them, by their lifestyle, will be influencing others, either for the good or otherwise. And really, that's what leadership is all about. It's not so much grabbing the microphone or going out and charging ahead. It just means that you're using your life in some measure to add influence to others. And I would hope that we've made the choice that the influence we have on others is an influence that will add value to their life. And we can add value by being very overt and actually doing the mentoring, talking, engaging in relationships And some, we're a little stage in our life where maybe we can't do that as much, but we all can model what the Christian life is all about. So we were teaching them the importance of, from the inside out, influencing others. And to do that, we covered what we might call the habits, or I like to use the term, the four talks. Do you know what they are? We talk to God. What's that called, everyone? Prayer. God talks to us. What is that called? Bible study, getting in the Word. We talked about talking to those who don't know Christ as Savior, and the term we use is witnessing. Now, that may, for some of you guests here, kind of shock you. What do you mean, become that kind of a cult or something? No, not really at all. It just means we've seen something, we've experienced something, so we're going to give a testimony, we're going to witness to others to let them know what's happened to us. And that's called witnessing. And then the final talk is when we talk to other believers, and that's really fellowship. But it all comes from the inside out. So for some of the youth that are here, you're going to hear a little bit of what I shared yesterday, because we've learned when we were in Bible college that uh, repetition is theological mucilage, and mucilage is glue. The more you hear it, the more that's going to stick. It's like throwing mud up against the wall. The more you throw, the more that's going to stick. And so if you hear this again, it'll help you. On the other hand, young people, I want you to know I'm going to add a little bit more to our message today, just so that I can continue to build in your life as long as the Lord has allowed me. And for the rest of us that are here that weren't a part of yesterday, you'll get a little bit of, of a taste, a little bit of a aroma and a whiff of that. But I hope to maybe add some things to you that might help you, some great truths. Now, as I look at this vast crowd here today, I look at all of you, and I can only assume just from the little bit of worship that we've had already this morning, as wonderful and as great as that is, as well as knowing your Pastor Travis here that's been working with the youth, and he's so respected by the parents as well, that you had good Bible teaching. So I'm sure that for the vast majority of you, when I share this, it will not be new. But I would hope that you would not just, oh hum, I already heard that before. I hope that we'd also kind of add it to our own life as well. You know, our theme today is talking about growing strong in the Lord. And we really can't grow strong unless we really grow in the Lord. If you agree with that, would you say, "Uh uh-huh? That's right. We have to grow in the Lord. Now, as I look at a lot of you here, there are all different ages in this church, which tells me it's a very healthy church. When you have young people and you have old people, because it reminds me that everybody is somebody in his body. Did you get that? Everybody is somebody in his body. So we're all together. But I also have a little bit of concern for us who are a little bit older, because sometimes we can grow old in Christ, but not necessarily grow up in Christ you know the difference? And so I don't want us to grow old in Christ and finally feel like we plateaued and now we just kind of coast, but that we want to continue to grow how? Up in Christ. And to do that, we have to grow stronger in the Lord as well. And I would hope that maybe today's message, the spirit of God would really talk to all of us, including me, that we would now choose to maybe crank up the volume in our life to become an influence in someone else's life as well. That would be my heart's desire. Now, I know I have a lot of material to give to you, and I don't have a lot of time. And if you don't get all the material that I'm going to be sharing from God's Word today, that's all right. You just take the apple and you eat it one bite at a time. And if you miss it and you'd like to have all the notes, you just let me know and I'll send you a free copy of them. But let's get back into the Word of God right now. If you wanted to stay in just one passage of Scripture and you want to find that passage, I'd have you turn to Ephesians chapter 5. It'll be a couple of minutes before I get there, but that will be a primary area of our study here today. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. You can uh, borrow a Bible next to you from someone that's seated with you. Look at their Bible. If you have a Bible app on your phone, you're welcome to use that or a tablet just so that you could be following God's Word. On the other hand, we also gave you outline today that has scripture in it for those of you that are new and didn't know about bringing a Bible. This is a Bible church and many people have Bibles and you might have not had yours with you and that's all right. We just want you to have it what we have for you as well. I want to kind of talk today. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, a little bit of foundation, then we're going to answer some questions so it'll sound a little bit like a catechism or a little bit like a Bible doctrine class because if we're going to talk about leading from the inside out, we cannot leave the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He Is paramount. He's the epicenter of our growth, would be the Holy Spirit. So spiritual strength is really God's strength active in and through Christians. Spiritual strength is really God's strength active in and through people like you and me. You know, it's our heart's desire that our young people would not have their faith rest upon the wisdom of the world, but we would want to have their faith really on the power, rest on the power of God, and that comes from the inside, and that's having God inside of us. Today we're going to learn a little bit about what's the difference between God living in us and God living in us actively and working through us. The Holy Spirit coming inside just to reside and the Holy Spirit coming inside to be active in our lives. So we're going to learn some important truths about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But there are four facts that I have to build on before I go over those questions. So if you'd like to follow along in your outline, you might. These might be helpful to you, especially if you are discipling or sharing this with other people or maybe people in your family or maybe some of your grandkids so some of that are older. These would be four essential truths as they begin to understand about the Holy Spirit in their life. One of the things we learn that you will never grow strong and you will never grow up and you will never be an influence on other people for the good unless you know that you're a Christian. Spiritual strength only happens to those who are blood-bought, born-again Christians. Now, we're not talking about Christians as so-called religion is different from this religion or that cult. We're talking about people that are absolutely certain they have eternal life because they have placed their faith alone in Christ alone. For the glory of God alone. And that would be a Christian. Now, I'd like to know how many are here today that uh, know Christ as their Savior. Would you raise your hand? I'd like to know how many are going to heaven. If you're to die today, how many are sure you'd go to hell? Raise your hand. All right, you've got to pay attention now, all right? How many go to heaven when they die? I thought, oh, I've got to change my message now. All these hands are up. But actually it is for those that know Christ the Savior. And if you didn't raise your hand and you're a little bit confused, let me explain why it's important for you. If you're here, something brought you here today, a person or whatever, but you're here today because God wants you to know how that you can know you can have eternal life. And so I want you to know you're not here accidentally. There is a supernatural thing already going on in your life as a guest. God wants you to be sure of your salvation. Now, in order for you to grow spiritually and to get to know him even more, it will not happen to a person who doesn't know Christ. You may learn about Christ. You may learn about the Bible, but even then you'll have a hard time fully grasping its meaning. And why is that? Because scripture says in first Corinthians that the natural man, the natural man would be someone who is not spiritually alive, natural, like all humans are, But not supernatural because of the spirit inside of them. And it says the natural man cannot receive the things of God. They're like dead, as it says in Scripture. Oh, yeah, physically you're alive, but spiritually you're you're dead. So the natural man cannot receive the things of God. And even more than that, they can't even know the things of God. So you may know some things about him, but even all those dots will never be connected until you know Christ is Savior. So salvation is not just uh, fire insurance. Salvation is not merely I have a destination of heaven. Uh, salvation is so huge, so big, and so important that you need to know Christ as your Savior. I was reared in a home where we never had a Bible. We never went to church. We never prayed even. I knew good boys go to heaven and bad boys go to hell because my dad said, Stan, if you're good, you'll go to heaven. But Stan, if you're bad, you're going to hell. And then my dad said, you're bad. So I want you to know, I thought I was going to hell. I was a natural man, not certain of having eternal life. And somewhere along the line in my early years, before I was 16, something happened where I began to have a quest for God. I wanted to know how to have eternal life. I was a natural man, though. I didn't understand the things of God. I heard a lot of different stuff out there, but none of it connected. I was like they would say, a blind man in a dark room looking for a black cat that wasn't there. That's how lost I was. Now, it didn't show up so much in a lifestyle, but it did show up in an emptiness of my heart. And then when I was 16, a girl was seated next to me in a public speaking class. I took it because I thought I might do some public speaking as I was growing up. She took the class because she was shy and thought that would bring her out. So in that class, she invited me out to a youth ministry, youth program, very much like yours, filled with kids that were alive and excited for God, kids that really cared for one another and yet were still kids, if you know what I mean. Well, I went to that meeting that night, and I'm so glad that I did. It wasn't a date. It was just that she cared for me. I was just one fish in the ocean that got caught in her net to come to something like this. That night, there was a man that s- sat on an old stool with a well-worn Bible that looked so worn that it, like he drug it behind his pickup truck. You know, one of those old Bibles. Maybe you've got one like that all marked up. And what he did that night is he did something very special. He showed to all of us how we can trust the veracity of Scripture through science, history, prophecy that this was God's mind and voice on paper. And so all of a sudden I'm now, I could trust this Bible. I wonder what it really has to say to me. And then he knew there were kids just like me in the room, just like there may be people here or listening to me on radio or maybe on the internet that are kind of stumbling in here, but not certain. Well, that night he explained how that we could have eternal life. And he used an illustration that, I picked up and used often in my ministry. Would you like to see that illustration? All right. Thank you for the one of you that did. All right. So let's go to see it. For you, I'm going to show it. The rest, they get it for free. All right. Let my right hand represent you and me. Those of you on the balcony, can you see my right hand? That's going to represent all of us. Really the world, but today, all of us. This is you and me. And I'm going to let my wallet right here represent sin. The Bible says that we were born with sin nature so we're a sinner by nature but then with that nature we made wrong choices so we became sinful through that so I'm a sinner by nature and by choice how many here could admit that you've done something wrong maybe told maybe a a lie in your life uh, maybe a little lie a white lie pink lie whatever you want to call it how many can honestly say you've told at least one lie in your life would you raise your hand my hand is up too. okay how many of you can honestly say that you've stolen something from someone? Maybe uh, change off your parents' dresser when you were a kid. Uh, you kind of grabbed an answer off someone else's paper and you just finished your taxes. Well, anyway, um, how many can say that you've uh, uh, stolen something from somebody? W- would you raise your hand just for a moment? You, could, uh, you told. okay. Well, then I have this to say to all of you. Ladies, watch your purses. There's a bunch of liars and thieves in this room. <laughs> But more seriously than that, and I certainly don't want to make light of that, what we really did, in fact, was this. When we raised our hands, we then admitted, I am a sinner, and by essence, I need a Savior. So again, this is you and me, and my wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. The Bible says that because we're a sinner by nature and choice, we are already, this is this part, separated from God. We're a natural man. We can't even receive the things of God. We don't have eternal life. We have nothing. We are condemned. It's awful. The Bible says, though, that we have to be perfect to go to heaven because all of a sudden people start thinking, ooh, I'm really bad. That's a good way to think. We are. We're sinners. Therefore, I must be good to go to heaven, and I've got to be perfect. And the Bible says if you tell one lie, you won't make it into heaven. Perfection is necessary, and I'm so glad for that because when I hear that I, I need to be perfect, it really seals the deal That no amount of good works will get me to heaven because I have to be that perfect. That means I could never sin in my past. I can never sin in the future. I have to be perfect. I'll never be perfect. My nature is already depraved. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm helpless. And I'm desperate for God. So this is you and me with our sin on us. I'm a sinner. I have to be perfect to go to heaven. I can't get there. The Bible says good works don't get me there. And I don't care. There's two categories of works. One would be religious works, and you know what they could be, anything from being baptized to joining churches or social good deeds, giving money, helping people, whatever that might want to be. But the Bible says that I'm a sinner and no good deed I do myself. I could clean myself off, turn over a new leaf. I still have sin on me over here. Nothing I do can get rid of that because it's so much a part of me. Now, again, up in the balcony, can you see my left hand now? My left hand represents God who took on flesh, Jesus Christ. I mean that reverently. This over here with the wallet on my right hand represents me with sin. Can you see that? There's a difference. Christ, no sin. Me, sin. My sin separates me from Christ. My sin separates me from heaven. God loves me, but he hates my sin. And I thought he hated me because I was a sinner. No, no, no. He loves me even though I am a sinner. We're all sinners. He loves all of us. So here's what happens. When Jesus died, he took all my sin on himself when he died. He didn't pay for part of our sins, and then we pay for the rest. We don't sing that song. Jesus paid in part, and I'll pay part myself. You know, we don't sing that old hymn that way. Jesus paid every bit of that. And when he died, he rose again from the dead. And all he did then was pay for my ticket to get into heaven. And I say that simply rather than so. I'm not trying to be crass, but basically that's what it is. He paid for that ticket for me to be in his family in heaven and all of that. But now I need to still do something to go to heaven. I need to place my faith in Christ. That's the only work. (laughs) That's not a work. How many know John 3.16? Do you all know John 3.16 at this church? Would you quote it out loud with me? All right, again, my right hand representing you and me with our sin, my left hand representing Christ. The Bible says, and now quote it with me, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever behaves shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. No, it doesn't say behave, does it? And yet today the vast majority can quote the most quoted verse in the Bible that's the least understood, and they'll still say it's by behaving. God doesn't look at the outward side of our of our deeds. It's not by anything we do. It's by faith alone. All right, look up here again. Let's see if we can quote it correctly. Quote it again out loud with me, will you? for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes and behaves shouldn't perish perish. there are people that believe that that you have to believe but you also have to be water baptized you have to believe and you have to do and they all kind of put it together it's either going to be by grace and works if it's by works it'll never happen it's not going to be by grace and works together it could only be by God's grace and our faith in him that saves us now listen carefully you don't have to quote it out loud I'm going to go back over the verse and this time I'll quote it correctly but explain a couple parts in there so you can join in on understanding this so that you won't be a natural man so you can grow so here we are with our sin for God so loved the world that's you and me that's everybody in the world that God so loved the world that he gave his only son Jesus Christ now when he gave his son that means he gave his son a life a death a resurrection, an ascension, a continual eternality of Christ. He gave His Son, and every part of His Son, for you and me. He gave His Son to die and rise again for us and our sin. Then it says that whosoever, that basically means whatever kind of person you are, wherever you've been, whatever, whatever you've done wrong, whoever you are, if you will now place your faith alone in Him, you won't perish. If you believe in Him, you won't perish. Physically, we all will. We get that part. I think you're smart enough to figure that out. But the inside of us will not perish. We will exist forever in heaven with him in an eternal relationship. Now listen very carefully about what I'm going to say. Believing still didn't save anyone. It's the object of our faith that saves us. If I believe in myself, I will die and go to hell. If I believe in my system of what I think it will take for me to get to the next life, I won't go to heaven. But I need to believe in Christ. Now watch carefully. I'm going to split a, a hair right now. First, I believe Christ. He's telling me the truth. That he is God. That he died and rose again. That type of thing. So I believe him. Now I trust him for the full forgiveness of my sin. And what's so cool about that? All of us can cease being merely a natural man. And now once we trust Christ... We can receive and know the things of God. That means we can grow spiritually, and that also means we can be a positive influence on others from the inside out. Well, that's fact number one, except one little anecdote to this. Remember I told you I was invited to this meeting? A high school girl did that. In June, we'll be married 47 years. (laughs) Happily married about 44, but we've been married 47 years. (laughs) Now, my wife says, be sure to tell you all, when I say that, it was the first few years that was a little bumpy, not the last few years, all right? I just want you to know that you can just be found faithful in inviting people to hear a message like this, and it begins for them. So that's fact number one. Fact number two is that when we begin to grow for the Lord, it's not in our own strength. You'll notice how I uh, embolden these words here. It says, strengthen with might through His Spirit. I will park on that a little bit more in a few moments, but I want you to know that our strength to be able to live this Christian life is based not on our strength, but it is based totally upon His strength. It is truly an inside job. So it's on His strength that is within me, and that is so beautiful to know that. But it's also not physical strength. Some people think that in order for me to really have an influence on others, I've got to be jumping and jiving and have a lot of physical strength and be involved in tons of ministry. I think all of us can be involved in some ministry. Anything that we choose to do for the purpose of adding value to others at whatever gifted, spiritual giftedness, or ability that we have to do that, we can do it. But at the same time, it's not always with physical strength. One of our graduates named Steve has got stage four prostate cancer, uh, broken rib right now for when he fell. And he called me knowing that we were moving from Honolulu to Orlando to help the college, Florida Bible College, really get going And by the way, people say, why would you leave Honolulu to go to Orlando to start a college when all these other colleges are closing? The answer is simple, brain damage. But uh, no, just joking if the board is listening. But uh, in moving, he said, Stan, I'd like to know how I can help you. And we're just there. My wife, literally, our furniture has not arrived. We don't even know when it's going to come from Long Beach yet. they have kind of trying to find it right now as it came off the ship, literally. That's not a joke. So my wife's been sleeping on the floor while you all put us up in a Hilton. Don't tell her, okay? But that's what's happening. She's waiting there. So she doesn't know her way to the airport. So Steve said, I'll, I'll pick you up. I'm telling you that story is because Steve did what he could to bring me in his old van. He picked me up. We had the most wonderful fellowship on the way to the airport. He got me to the airport on time, etc. Here's the illustration from that. He's not a strong man. He cannot preach, cannot teach. But whatever he could do with the limited amount of strength that he had, he used it for the glory of God. So I'm looking at those of you that have a hard time walking up those stairs. Those of you that couldn't even come to the frontier, you're kind of all around. It's not based on your physical strength. It's based on the spiritual strength that you have if you choose to activate that strength. So I hope that we don't just plateau in our life so it's not physical strength. It's spiritual strength. Look back at the verse. Again, emboldened. It says, might through his spirit in the inner man. How many people do you know? That uh, whatever age, they don't only have to be elderly, but whatever age, you know that they are not the person they used to be because of something that's hindering them physically, whatever it might be. But I'm going to add this caveat. When you're around them, they encourage you. When you're around them, they bless you. When they're around, when you're around them, they you know they're praying for you. When you're around them, you just kind of sense this. You
2: are listening to Make It Clear. If today's message helped you to better understand God's Word, let me encourage you to be with us next time or go to our website. MakeItClear.org for more resources. If Stan's biblical teaching is helping you to understand God's Word more clearly and to apply it to your life each day, please remember, this ministry is listener-supported. You can become a partner with Make It Clear and take this teaching to other believers around the world by making a tax-deductible donation to Make It Clear. P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Or you may do so securely online at MakeItClear.org. On behalf of Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College, thanks for listening
3: and invite a friend to join you next time for Make It Clear. 94.9 FM AM 950 The Word and you have been listening to Stan Pons and Make It Clear another fine local Orlando ministry if it is a blessing to you I know Stan would love to hear from you you can find out all that information online at thewordorlando.com and if your heart moves you to do so you're blessed by the ministry bless him back with a financial gift and help ensure that Make It Clear stays right here where faith comes by hearing. I'm Alan Dempsey. It's five fifty-six. Church of the Week this week is Mosaic Church in Oakland, Claremont. Pastor Renaud Van der Reet welcomes you with a unique approach to serving you and the kingdom. Just go online to thisismosaic.org and find out more for the service times are there and all the locations and they have a bunch of them too. I invite you to learn more about Mosaic. I'll have an interview with the pastor Sunday at 2 and then he 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 will deliver a message out of his study on Romans. And that's Sunday, 2 p.m. I invite you to join us for that. The Church of the Week, here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. And next, we will continue to grow in that Word of God with Dr. Charles Stanley and in touch. No shortage of ways to receive information these days. We have to be careful what and who we listen to. Find out what happens when we fail to listen to god that'll be next at six in touch dr charles stanley here on 94.9 fm and am 950 the word
2: a cnn original series stop doubting and believe an epic saga from the dawn of history behold
0: the man a miraculous journey that changed the world I will lay down my life for you. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die.
2: The greatest story ever told. I believe you are the son of God. Finding Jesus. New season Sundays at 9 Eastern and Pacific on CNN.
4: It's time to turn your unneeded jewelry into cash. Hi, I'm Gene Thompson of Thompson Jewelers, and you've heard me make that statement dozens of times. I'm reminding you that as always, Thompson Jewelers pays top dollar. We're interested in four things. One, gold jewelry without gems that we will refine and scrap, such as chains, charms, teeth, class rings, and such. Two, jewelry made of gold or silver that has gemstones or diamonds. Such as rings, pendants, bracelets, and earrings. Three, older jewelry or estate item. And four, diamonds, particularly larger stones of one half carat and more. Our prime focus is on diamonds of one to three carats. You could wind up with thousands. Don't hesitate. Get our generous cash offer plus an additional 10% on the gold and silver. Thompson Jewelers is conveniently located in Orlando and St. Cloud. You can- Time
5: Legal representation is often about personal values. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. For probate, estate planning, divorce, adoption, guardianship, issues concerning children and the aged, call me at the law offices of Alper and Eastry at 407-869-0900. I am a lawyer who not only speaks for you, I share your values with the experience, energy, and enthusiasm to represent you effectively. My ultimate goal is to help you reach a satisfactory conclusion to your legal problems to find peace and to be able to move on with your life call me karen Eastry at 407-869-0900 or visit my firm's website altamontlaw.com my office is conveniently located in altamont springs close to i4 so call today to make sure you have someone by your side at 407-869-0900 offices altamont springs 84.9
0: FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing.